I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Today we're going to talk about seven great jazz clubs around the world. Now, there are only seven total, so you're going to want to hit all of these. <laughs> That's right, all right? You're going to do like a, this is not like, you know, Major League Baseball where, where you've got to hit 32 or something. There's seven, and if you see another one or one of these has gone out of business, do not go into another one. Yeah. Now, I, I want to say we are totally kidding. Like, yeah, we're go, joking. Go we're patronize joking. All, any club owners out there that may want to book Peter and I. Please That's don't, right. We're just kidding right. around. Wait, we, p- please, we want you to patronize. Do not patronize them. Don't patronize. patronize. Patronize all the your local jazz club. This is just seven because we're, you know, we're kicking around the, the internet and everybody wants to have lists of seven things. So we're trying to be cool and do the same thing, right? Oh, I, I legitimately want to know seven great jazz clubs. Right? I know. I don't want to know yeah. six. I don't want to know eight. I want no, to know I seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to kick it off with what I think. I'm going to go out on a, on a limb a little bit and say what I think is the greatest jazz club, not only that has ever existed, but the greatest that exists now, in the future, in the past, ever. And that is the Village Vanguard in New York City. It's a great little place on 7th Avenue, south, uh, right there by 12th Street. And anyway, the Village Vanguard, I mean, I, I played there, had the pleasure to play there quite a few times, heard many great recordings, iconic recordings made there, of course. It's got a great history that, that goes back almost 100 years at this point, which is pretty amazing. Um, Max Gordon, of course, founded it. But the greatest thing I think about the Village Vanguard is that it never changes, or it changes very little. I know a few years ago they got rid of that, that loud, old-school cash register, and they, I, I heard that they actually started accepting credit cards recently. But basically, they keep the stage, the, the dirty old curtains behind the stage. Everything kind of stays the same. Even when it's replaced, it's kind of replaced the same. So what you get is this incredible sound on stage for the musicians, incredible sound in every seat throughout the venue. I mean, one of my favorite places to sit there, a little pro insider tip for you guys, sit at the bar all the way at the end, the furthest away seat, which you would think is the worst seat, but there's great sound there. And that was Betty Carter's favorite place to sit. Mm. That was Cecil Taylor's favorite place. In fact, I saw them almost get in a fight over that seat one night. Oh, that's amazing. I'd love to have been there for that. But um, the Village Vanguard, you know, they booked the right people almost all the time. I mean, you can kind of just show up there and don't even worry about who's playing and just know that you're going to have a great experience. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you done that where you're just like, oh, let's just go to the Vanguard. I, I don't, don't really even know who's going to be there, but you never, know it's going to be good. I always know. You, you always I'm, going. Going. I'm just saying you could do that <laughs> you if you wanted. I have actually, when I lived in New York, I used to do it all the time. Yeah, we'll go, just go to the Vanguard, check it out, see who's playing, and it's always killing. And sometimes you get lucky and you get to be right up front mm. in one of the greatest jazz clubs in the world. And But like you said, man, there's no bad seat in that place. Everything no. sounds good. No. Everything sounds like the records you've heard, you know, all the iconic records. It's it's the best jazz club in the world. No I doubt. mean, I think, too, if you were like, a, you know, there's things, all the seats are great, but if you want a special kind of thing, if you're a drummer, get there early and you want to hear the, the drums sit on that, that bench kind of back there by the drums, uh, you get yeah. a very special experience on that back bench couch thing and for the piano there's the other side so there's there's specialized things but yeah it's, yeah. it's all good i got to see paul motion on that bench that was oh, wow. incredible it was incredible nice. so let's go right down the street while we're in new york new okay. york the greatest jazz city in the world uh the iconic smalls jazz club this has become the hang for not only local new york cats but international uh, musicians coming through and, you know, it, it's just an amazing late night. It is a quintessential New York basement jazz club. Uh, it's, it's a smaller room than the Village Vanguard, say, but 
they have all these great young artists playing mm. until late, late in the night. They have jam sessions that go till, you know, whenever. I've, I've been there at 5 a.m. before. I'm not, I don't know if I should be even saying that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's truly one of the great jazz clubs in New York City and the world. And uh, the, another thing they do is they have an awesome live feed. You can go check out on the internet, no matter where you are, you can see who's playing at Smalls. Yep. I think every night. And yeah, I think so. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So take I mean, it's a little bit, um, I don't know if they've changed it since last time I looked at it. It's a little bit of like security camera vibe because, you know, the cameras are just sort of there. But if it was slick, that wouldn't be a very Smalls kind of that's thing. Right, <laughs> that's right, that's right. It gives you a great, the sound is good and it gives you a great sampling of it and it really makes you want to go there and experience it live which i think is what it's all about. totally totally okay so for number three uh i'm going to jump over to chicago and the green mill mm. and this is such a cool club old school kind of cocktail bar vibe i don't even know what that means cocktail bar vibe they have cocktails and it's a bar and it's a jazz <laughs> club you know i don't know it's just a chicago institution um you know chicago being one of the great jazz towns ever both in terms of great musicians that were produced there, but also so many great musicians that stay there. So there's always been a great combination of, of, of venues that support the local musicians that are really international level musicians by all means, and also the other musicians coming through town. So, and then that's a club, there's other great clubs in Chicago, the Jazz Showcase and some other places, but the Green Mill I think is one that's, that it's known, but it's not on everyone's radar. So I wanna put it on your radar today. Awesome, now we're gonna go to the other side of the world Tokyo, Japan, the Cotton Club. This is one of my all-time favorite places to see jazz, to play jazz. Um, and you know, if you don't know it, you should know, Tokyo is a premier jazz city. Absolutely. There is a lot of great music happening every night. Right. Um, a lot of Americans that play there, a lot of Americans that live there. Yep. Um, and a lot of great local Japanese musicians as well. And the Cotton Club is spectacular. I've, got, I've had the chance to play there a couple times and it is, always a great experience. The audiences are always super into it and it's a cool, it's just a cool vibe. It's a cool room. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that's great there as well as at the Blue Note and actually pretty much every venue I've ever worked at in Tokyo is that the, the staff, um, the engineers, like the, the, the piano technician, everything is operated on such a high level that it really presents almost a perfect situation for you to perform in. Um, some of the things at the New York clubs that maybe f little fall by the wayside sometimes. They're a little rougher. A little, a little, rougher. A little rough on the edges. That's okay. It's not too. like that. Like like that. There, you know, you really are playing on just. I mean, the Cotton Club is a beautiful Steinway that's just like tuned by an amazing tuner every day. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and it's 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 a great thing. And also, I would just say too that you know Japan has has a really uh, at this point a large group of really good players. Yep. And for a long time, they you know like from a lot of different countries would come to New York or maybe L.A. And then there'd be a little bit of a dearth of good players in Tokyo. But now a lot of them are still coming to the States, but they're also, you know, the Cotton Club and these other venues are bringing them back regularly to play. So it's not just American players that are there. It's the, it's the top Japanese players. Yeah, well. and there's a, there's a bunch of good small clubs where a lot of good, you know, jazz is happening by the local cats too. Yep, I Alfie, remember, Alfie. I don't remember any of their names because it was the night it was the, I was having, but it was, <laughs> yeah. it was a fun time. Yeah, a bunch of places. Um, I, actually, Alfie and Body and Soul, I want to give a big shout out to both those because those are nice. amazing smaller clubs. Nice. Um, okay, next, let's go to Europe. Let's go to uh, specifically the United Kingdom. Now, would they want you saying that's in Europe? I, you know what? I think we've got a couple more months <laughs> where they're still part of Europe, as far as I know, but yeah, pretty soon not. So now this is Ronnie Scott's in London. 
Ronnie Scott has a lot of history because of Ronnie Scott, who was a great saxophonist, um, iconic player, um, kind of a, a ambassador for British jazz for many years. And I actually got a chance to meet him before he passed uh, when I first played at Ronnie Scott's in 1991. Um, and in fact, at that time, he still had two or three clubs. Uh, the one in London was always you know, down in Soho on Firth Street, not First Street, but Firth Street. So, you know, so British is uh, yeah, it is was the was the original OG location. <laughs> um, but I played now that I don't think they're doing this anymore. I don't think any clubs are doing this anymore. But the first time I played there was for two weeks straight with Betty Carter, 1991. I think we were off on Monday, maybe or Sunday. Wow, those but were I mean, the days. They, yeah, they regularly booked like especially the big singers like that. Um, and you know they've changed the club a fair amount since then. It's the same location, but they've reoriented it. But it's still got you know great sound in there, great audience. I mean, London being such a great music town and, and performance place, um, and jazz, a lot of history there, and um, I love it. That's awesome. Well, now let's bring it from around the world back home. This is our home, our local club here in St. Louis. Yes. Actually, it's about. I don't know, 50 yards from where we're standing right we now. We are looking the out alley. the window at it. You can see it from where we're standing. <laughs> yes. It's Jazz at the Bistro. It's also, I think now it's called the Fairing Jazz Bistro, but locals know it as Jazz at the Bistro. Right. And it is one of the most beautiful clubs you will ever see in your life. They redesigned it a few years ago. I know, Peter, you had a hand in, in, in uh, consulting with that a little bit. I did not have a hand on the actual remodeling, the remodeling or anything, yeah. but yeah, just yeah, a little bit of advisement. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a wonderful modern room, but really done right. You know, yeah. they they improved. I mean, the old club was great, uh, but yeah. they they improved every aspect of it: the sound, the sight lines, the feel for the musicians on stage, the, the sound there. I think that they added some capacity, or at least reoriented it in a way that really made sense. Um, and uh, great sound system, great folks over there. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is really world class. If you're ever through St. Louis, first of all, send us a message and, and say hi. Uh, but second of all, you got to check out the Bistro if you're a jazz fan at all. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and also at this point, it's one of the few clubs outside of you know New York, uh, and really almost nowhere else. It's it's one of the few clubs that still books regular touring complete groups. Yep. Um, pretty much week in and week out for multiple nights. I mean, a typical week over there, like this week, Benny Green yeah. is playing with his trio. And they're swinging it. They're too. swinging hard Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four nights. It's not two weeks like we used to do at Ronnie Scott. It's still good, though. But, I mean, most places, even like, you know, nice clubs like, like the Jazz Alley in Seattle sure. and Yoshi's in San Francisco, you know, typically they're booking one night, two nights, maybe three nights. But, I mean, Jazz at the Bistro is, is hitting it with four nights, which is great because you get that kind of old school thing of, like, sometimes a newer group or maybe a group people aren't familiar with will come on Wednesday, and there's not a lot of folks there, but if they do really well, word starts getting around town, and then by the weekend it's packed because people are like, oh, did you hear such and such down at the Bistro? No. How, how does she sound? Oh, I mean, she's actually really good, good saxophone player. And then everyone, there starts to be kind of a momentum. Totally. You know, which is fun. Yeah, totally. So is that six? One, two, three, four, five, six? We're, we're hitting seven, right? We're hitting seven. Okay, so for seven, I'm going to kind of grab... Oh, oh, no, it's my turn anyway. Good. Okay. Seven, I'm going to go with... Um, I know I said the Village Vanguard was my favorite. Well, no. The Village Vanguard, number one, is the greatest Backpedaling, backpedaling. No, 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 I'm going to backpedal a little. Uh, I think what I said is that it's the greatest it ever. Is, it is. Now, this last club, I think, is my favorite, or at least has the most sentimental value to me, and that's Snug Harbor in New Orleans. 
Um, and partly it's because it's the club and the stage that I've played more music at over the years than any other place anywhere. Mm. Um, and even though I haven't played there regularly in, in many years now, there was a time when I was just constantly playing there. And I mean, I was, you know, being part of the history of the club and the ownership and, um, you know, George Brumat, who was the original owner who passed away about 10 years ago, just an amazing soul and, and person that really built the place up to what it is. And Jason Patterson, who's still there. Um, it's just a special place, and I mean, it's a New Orleans place. It's got like hidden rooms and patios, and it's it's in the Fabric Marigny. It's not in the French Quarter, but it's in like what the French Quarter used to be. Nice. And um, it's just a great place. It, you know, really cool stage, two levels, kind of an outer thing. Good food, good drink, um, and you know, it's different music every night, but just the best of, of New Orleans players. And then they're always bringing in great touring people and Brazilian musicians. Very eclectic. Um, lineup, but 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 cool stuff. And also, you're in New Orleans. You're in the greatest jazz city. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the, the home of it. You know, it's, it's and I would just say because a lot of people get a chance to travel to New Orleans. It's a great tourist town, and people go down there for conventions and things. But like, if you can only go to one club, go to Snug Harbor. Totally. And, and I mean, a lot of people know that now, and it's definitely a tourist there. But it's kind of like the Vanguard in that it's like the tourists in the know. Right. You know, in, in general, I think what happens in New York now is like. Um, you know the blue note which is great it's good yeah but but that's where like people go they think they're going to a historic club but it opened in like 1983 or totally. something it's not the totally. original blue note records right, right, you know right. but the vanguards the, the the real deal and same thing with snug harbor oh and i just i, I gotta mention snug harbor ellis marsalis has been playing either every friday or saturday night there for like 30 plus years oh, so catch that while you reason can. enough to to go well thank you for joining us on today's episode uh please leave us a rating if you liked it uh, only if you liked it. That's Don't right. leave us a rating if you didn't like it. <laughs> right. Run and, fast if you didn't like it. And if you, uh, if you have an idea for a topic for one of our episodes, go ahead and leave that in the comments. Please, because we're about to run out. I can tell you that right now. This daily podcast, <laughs> dude. This is a, ooh, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Adam and I, we were like, you know, 5.30 in the morning, we start texting each other. <laughs> what are we, we going to do today? <laughs>